So, Chris, the people want to know our secrets. How did we get this podcast started? Yeah, kind of a crazy story. We were both coming into this from the YouTube side, have never really done anything podcast-wise. We looked around, found Anchor by Spotify, really great service. It's completely free to use. They have some great stuff that you can just upload straight onto the website. You can actually record on the website. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Winning, Daniel B. How are you tripping, B? Great, Chris. Uh, loving baseball. Finally got to get on, out on the field with my guys. I, I don't have any limiteds. I decided to go straight into rares. So mm-hmm. I was off on the sidelines last weekend looking at all these people posting their lineup screenshots and talking about, oh, what reward might I win? And I was like, I was like the SpongeBob meme just looking out the window. But now I got my rares going and I get to tilt so rare MLB for the first time here this week. And uh, I'm tilting. Is the team shaping up well so far? The team is uh, hits and misses so far. I've got a really happy okay. story and a really sad story. Well, and two really sad stories to tell about my team. But not looking great for a reward here, but I'll just blame that on the fact that people are allowed to play limited Mike Judges in my rare division. Or excuse me, Aaron yeah. Judges. So people are allowed to play limited Aaron Judges in my rare division still for at least the, the foreseeable future, which I don't love. But uh, we'll see. A couple games think, left. Think of how I feel about the common Aaron Judges of the limited league. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. A, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But we are joined by a very special guest. His name is Just Mike it on Twitter. He is a rising star in the Sower baseball landscape. He's got a nice little collection of super rares going. Some really undervalued players. Uh, please welcome our good friend Miguel. How are you today, Miguel? Hey, thank you for the nice words. Very nice. Yeah. Very excited. As my friend Daniel here, uh, we started competing already and just getting things rolling. It's about time. I appreciate yeah, you, you guys having me and, and sending the invitation. Really excited to do this. Of course. And thanks for taking the time to come on and, and be with us. Now, you have got a really nice little gallery here going. Uh, some nice super rares, some really undervalued guys. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But just give us maybe a little bit about your background, what, what got you into baseball, uh, how long you've been following, your favorite team, all that kind of stuff. All right. I just I started watching baseball like back in 2014. I started my first sport was football, like soccer, but uh, somehow I just got into baseball and just since 2014, I just, I love analytics. So I started watching uh, games every day, just got hooked into fantasy sports, a uh, couple of leagues there, here and there, and watching all games every day, you know, four screens at a time, two games in different screens, just like learning and enjoying the game. And yeah, so now when so rare announced uh, so rare MLB, I just I just got hyped and I've I've known so rare from football side so I just like clicks just I, my knowledge on baseball my knowledge on so rare yes there it sounds perfect and it's going well uh, right now I, I've seen a couple deals here and there I'm I'm taking my chances on players I like and trying to get the most undervalued players that are available in the market because the thing that sells are the numbers but are some guys out there that are not putting the numbers right now, but they might put the numbers or stats say advanced stats say they are going to put the numbers moving forward. So that's my focus. When I buy cards, I like also buying rookies uh, pitchers with upside. I, I stay away. I shy away from the McLaren hands of the world because they're too overpriced. I just go for the, the guys with the stuff that are going to be the next McLaren hands. For example, I could say a couple of names. I'd say Hunter Green is going to be a guy 
that puts same scores as McClanahan, maybe not as consistent, but he'll definitely put this 35, 40 points sometimes. Uh, and we'll get to more pitchers that I like and you guys like that are going to be up there in the scale. Yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely get to a whole bunch of undervalued prospects a little bit later in the show. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, just to kind of wrap up the intro here, I want to know what's your favorite card in your in your gallery so far here? My favorite card, actually, let me take a look real quick. Uh, I'd say I'd say it's Kyle Tucker. I'd say it's Kyle Tucker because when I saw the prices on Soto, Judge, Julio Rodriguez, um, Mike Trout, I saw I I made an Excel and I just had the total. Well, we made it. Me and my friend made an Excel and we we got all the total numbers, all the total points this year. And Kyle Tucker is number two, but price wise, being a twenty five year old in Houston, he was like two ETH under all those guys. And comparing him to Soto, he's like six ETH under. So it's a it's a player I'm most excited to have because I think I got a big deal there and. Uh, his name is not the biggest. He's the, he ain't the flashiest, but he, he'll put the numbers every night there. Yeah, for sure. Kyle Tucker absolutely producing uh, this season and looking forward into the future as well. Um, so obviously today was the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Very exciting day. Uh, it started off a little slow, in my opinion. It, it kind of took a while to get ramped up. But boy, did it ever get ramped up. I have all the trades kind of written down here. Um, and before I ju we just kind of go through all of them, uh, I guess we'll just start with obviously the, the biggest deal, maybe in major league baseball history, um, Juan Soto and, and, uh, Josh Bell go to the Padres. Um, Dan, what do you think about this deal? Is this good for the Padres? Uh, is this good for the nationals? And more importantly, is it good for Bell and Soto or, uh, Abrams or any of the other guys coming back? I think it's great for the Padres. I think it's absolutely fantastic for the Padres, for the nationals probably won't know really how it fares for them until some of the pieces that they get back start to develop and pan out. You know, obviously it's kind of bad for them that they lose this very young, awesome player that they had been developing in Juan Soto. And that probably if you're a young Nationals fan today, if you're an eight-year-old Washington Nationals fan, this is probably a really, really tough day because you, you're feeling the pain of watching your team have to give someone away at, but, you know, they, they made an offer to him. The, the number that was thrown out was the 500 million and he rejected it. Sometimes I don't trust those kind of reports that because one side has some incentive to, to leak it. Maybe someone wanted to like paint Juan Soto as the kind of guy who turned down 500 million. I doubt that came from his camp, let's just say. But they had to get rid of him because he wasn't going to extend. So they, hopefully they got as good as they can get for their future. As far as Juan Soto's future... He's going to a team that is building a lineup of, of, uh, of sluggers. He's going to be plugged right into that. He's got some good bats around him and they get to, he gets to play in course field now a few extra times, hopefully down the stretch. Uh, that's got to help his numbers. And I, I really like what the Padres are building. I, I uh, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk a little bit about a Padres stack that I built for SO seven this week, and we'll see how that worked out good and bad, but I'm loving this for Soto. What do you think about uh, it, Mike Miguel? Yeah, I, I think his stock is going to rise. I think he's going to be getting more opportunities to hit because you got Machado behind you. Like, mm -hmm. it's not the same as having Nelson Cruz 42, you know? So pitchers are not going to be able to pitch around him, and he's going to have more pitches to hit. So I think it's pretty good for him. I think it's amazing for the sport. I think the Padres just became a contender, and they are forced. Like, you had Hater, you had Soto, you had Josh Bell. 
and all of a sudden you're a scared team and you have a great rotation too. So I think it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And as, as you said, the nationals got a hefty deal back, but they'll have to wait a couple of years to see how those, those, those guys develop. But yeah, I love the deal. Yeah. Yeah, Looking at the standings, the, the Padres are 11 and a half games out of the division. Maybe too late to catch the Dodgers, but do you think they can hit the playoffs? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll definitely hit the playoffs. And if they do, I mean, whatever team they face in the playoffs, you 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 have to be scared, I think. Unless it's the Braves. We're not scared of anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the Padres have had a decent season already. They haven't had Fernando Tatis Jr. all year long. He's almost mm -hmm. back. And then they go and add these three pieces that we've mentioned here. Um, yeah, that's a that's a heck of a team and a team that they're going to keep together, it looks like, for two or maybe three years at least. And even if they can't sign Soto to a long-term deal, he's still under contract for two more years. So uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, development with those two kind of heavyweights out West. Um Let's move on. What what are some of the other deals here that that kind of came across your your radar and and guys that you think maybe improved their stock a little bit by moving or uh, or, or guys that uh, maybe are going to get bumped out a little bit now by uh, their team trading for somebody else? We'll start with you, Dan. I think the Yankees made made a nice move. They shipped out Joey Gallo, who is just not hitting the ball. You know, Joey Gallo, great Ranger. I'm always going to shout someone out who's a former Ranger. So love Joey, hate the fact he went to the Yankees because I'm a Yankee hater. But objectively, if you have to, I have to say that shipping Gallo out and bringing in Harrison Bader from the Cardinals, they basically traded a struggling outfielder for a younger, you know, kind of hotter outfielder. I think that really helps them. That's just, you know, another bat to put in that lineup with Judge and DJ LeMahieu and all them. So that's, that's pretty good. Uh, and Ben Attendee came in there. Yeah, exactly. I'm, and I'm Frankie Montas and, and Lou Trevino. Yeah, like, the Yankees made some nice moves, yeah. Yeah, they made a ton of moves. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. They're the best team in baseball. They just made, like, four more moves. Um, what do you think about the, the Yankees situation here, Miguel? Did they get that much better? Are they just going to be completely uncatchable now? Or uh, were they just kind of moving pieces around on a, on a board that's already kind of set? I think the Yankees moved. If like I'd say they were the one of the teams that moved the best because you improve your outfield where you had trouble, you improve your defense with Hader, you improve your starting pitching with Montas, and yeah, I think that they're they're a complete team right now. They Efros also a good ad for them, middle relief guy is gonna get out. So I think they they moved correctly. Uh, one of the guys I think improves his stock the most is uh, with Merrifield. And Trey Mancini, I like those two guys because in their teams they don't have as many scoring opportunities or RBI opportunities. But now one in Houston and the other one in Toronto, they'll have way more value, I think. Yeah, like good shot on both Mancini. of those. Yeah, I was gonna bring up Whit Merrifield too. So yeah, good shot on both of those two, um, for sure. I was uh, I was a little speaking of the Yankees, I was a little concerned that my guy Jordan Montgomery might get might get dumped, but then he got dealt to the cards instead. So um, what do we think about Jordan Montgomery here? Does he uh, improve his stock now not being a Yankee? Obviously, maybe not quite so many wins, um, but uh, he at least gets to stay in the starting rotation. I'd say it improves. I think Montgomery and the Cardinals with that defense, just there's no way you get, you get better defense behind you. You got Renato in third. You got a great outfield. You got Goldschmidt in first, like, you got Yaddy behind the plate. 
So you, you're going to get great, great guys helping you out. And also, I, I think it's going to help him a little bit that their right field wall is not that close. So he might be able to pitch up more and try and get more fly balls, fly outs. Yeah, for sure. We didn't, we haven't talked really about um, changes in ballpark, how that might affect yeah. both pitchers and hitters is, is a big, big thing. I do think it might hurt his, his number, his chances to get wins. You know, yeah. like that, if, as far as fantasy goes, leaving the Yankees as a starting pitcher, you might still be able to thrive a little bit, but you might not win quite as many few games. In this format, though, it's only five points, you know? Fair, fair. It's, not, it's not that that big a deal. Um, so, yeah, that, that was an interesting move. The Braves made a couple of a couple of moves. They bring in Rasil Iglesias. They dumped Will Smith to Houston and brought in uh, Odorizzi. Um, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and I don't think Spencer Strider's in any trouble, but do you guys think that Spencer Strider is in any trouble here without a Rizzi coming in? We'll start with you, Miguel. I don't think he's in any trouble. I mean, he started the year being a reliever, so his innings are in a, in a difficult situation, so he's open to pitching. I think you can't move an arm like that out of the rotation. When you think about Odorizzi, he came off an injury. He hasn't been throwing that well, so... I don't, I don't think there's any chance. He, they might go into a six-man rotation for a while just to rest some arms, but when playoff comes and when big games come, I think he'll be trying to be, will be in the rotation for sure. I, I wouldn't be scared at all. I think the guy I'm a little more concerned about is Ian Anderson, a guy that has been not so great this year, but was really good at the playoffs last year um, and was really good all of last year, really. And um, yeah, I, I'm a little more concerned about him, but I still don't think that uh, that he's a, that he's an issue there. Did did you want to try to convince me otherwise there, Dan, or are you on board with the other th- with the two of us? No, I'm with you guys actually on this one. I brought it up pre-show, as you mentioned, just because I had seen some tweets about you know people were like, oh, that Odorizzi coming in that might slow down Strider's development, and and I'm more with you. I think Ian Anderson. I know from having his common, he hasn't been super great, you know, in the last couple of weeks since I got uh, dove into so rare. And, uh, and, and you even mentioned as a Braves fan, I, I didn't like hearing this, but you're, it didn't bother you and you're the fan of the team. So I guess it's not that thing, but you said even a six man rotation could potentially be possible if they really needed to throw all these guys, but it basically, uh, I don't think Strider's in any danger. No, it'd just be like, like Miguel said, just to rest arms a little bit, because I mean, I, I think he had something like 80 innings last year, Strider, and he's already up to like 60 this year. So maybe they get a little concerned about overworking him, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any real trouble here. I, I think Odorizzi's just kind of a depth piece. Um, let's see. So the Phillies made a couple moves. Uh, they picked up Noah Syndergaard, which I was not happy about because I thought we got rid of him from the division and now mm-hmm. he's back. Um, what do we think about the Phillies? Did they do enough to kind of stay in this race with the Padres obviously getting a lot better and the Braves kind of on a hot streak? Um, did the Phillies do enough to stay in the playoff race there, Dan? I think so. I, I think that it helps to bring in Syndergaard for sure. And well, who else did they get? Uh, Brandon Marsh, David Robertson. They didn't really give up too much. And they also, I saw this take, I'm stealing this take from somewhere else I saw online, but the team, a lot of the teams that they're battling with kind of got weaker by giving up other guys. And so the Phillies actually with their remaining schedule actually get to face some weaker teams than they would have been looking at facing, you know, before today's deadline. So that's good. I think overall the Phillies made some quiet moves that have the potential to pay off. Let's talk, let's talk about some moves that were not made yesterday or today, but were made in the past couple of days. 
The biggest one being Luis Castillo going to the M's. Now, Miguel, this is a big, a big deal. They gave up a lot of prospects to bring in Luis Castillo. This is kind of a, a push of all your chips into the middle. Um, are you concerned at all that the M's are not really at the level of somebody like the Yankees or the Astros to really make a push at this thing? Or does this give them some sort of a chance now? I think, I mean, it gives them more of a chance, but I agree with you. I think they gave quite a bit on that trade because you get you had Noelvi Marte, who's been putting up numbers, and I think he's playing double A. And so I don't know how many years of service Luis Castillo has, but it's going to be tough. I mean, you got to face Houston, which is a, you know, Houston is a, a monster team. So it's going to be tough. I think the big part has to come from, from the offense you got you need Julio to keep that pace he's going on you need Ty France to to come back strong you need uh, those Crawford guys to put things together cuz pitching wise i think they're decent i wouldn't call it, oh you got uh you got a decent st- starting pitchers good starting pitchers we can see is pretty good but i think it's going to be tough either way i mean Maybe not this year, but you made made some moves in the offseason for next year. Maybe you, you're looking better. But right now, I, I, I see him see them struggling a little bit. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Does the longest drought and playoff drought in baseball end this year? Do yes. the M's make the playoffs? Uh, I'm a root for my guy, Julio. I, I'd say yes. All right. I like it. I like the confidence. There's an extra wild card this year. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was most of the trades, I think. Uh, Jorge Lopez to the Twins as well, I had written down. Um, that's an interesting move. Twins get a little bit better in the back end. Yeah, um, they needed that arm in the pen. They also team? added Tyler Maley, I think, from Cincinnati, which they needed mm-hmm. a, a starter there because their rotation isn't looking good right now. I thought they might have moved for Carlos Rodon, but he had the end state. Yeah, he didn't end up, end up moving at all. Um, so... I've been a big proponent here of picking up Chris Archer cards and I've got the one of a yeah. hundred of a bunch of, of, of his rare. And then I think I have a, a limited as well. Am I crazy here, Miguel, for, for picking up Chris Archer? Is he just dead now or is he coming back at some point? I mean, the, the, he always has a chance. That's a beautiful thing about baseball. Like he's going to, he's going to have the opportunities. You just got to find a way to get out and stay healthy. I think that's the most important part. If yeah. he stays healthy throughout the course of the season, he might, he might put good numbers, but I'm, I i wouldn't call myself the biggest fan of Chris Archer, actually. But I think for the right price and the good and the if you match up uh, versus teams you like, then he'll he, he might give you some value back. Yeah, well, that was that was basically it. It was for almost yeah, no know. price. And uh, yeah. I know when he's healthy, he could be one of the better pitchers in baseball. So. I, I uh, obviously he has a lot of injury issues, but hopefully he'll be able to uh, to return something. Um, so let's uh, let's get your uh, your story here, Dan, because you've been teasing us the entire hey. show about a story here. Uh, I guess it's a, a Padre stack that you have. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Or so what I'm trying to do is compete in so rare in so seven or so seven baseball. And not be cheap, but also not like completely break the bank. You know, I want to play rare. I, I want to play rare instead of limited. And so I, I could probably get some higher quality guys. I could chase the judges and the Julios, uh, you know, it, and uh, the the stud pitchers in limited. But I decided to go for rare to, to shrink the pool a little bit, right? Maybe I can compete in a smaller pool with some more value guys. So I'm also trying to do research, right? And I'm looking ahead a couple, about a week ago. I said, oh, 
in game week four, when the, when the rare competitions start, the Padres and Rockies play a five game series. They're the only two teams playing five games in the game week. That has to be at an advantage, it, you know, getting the extra game, five extra plate appearances per guy. Let's, let's lean into this and let's try to beat Aaron judge with some San Diego Padres and Colorado Rockies. So I started targeting those guys. I started buying a few at auctions. I got Yerkson Profar, Nomar Mazzara, both former Rangers. You know, I love those bats. I tried to get a few other guys. I was trying to get Cronenberg. I was trying to get CJ Crone for the Rockies. And I actually, I felt, and Jose Iglesias the Rock, for the Rockies. I was going to play him at middle infield. I kind of fell asleep at the wheel, I'll admit. And I missed a couple of auctions while I was doing other stuff that I had wanted to get in on. And that's my own fault of like my auction style is to, is to wait I don't, I usually don't put any early bids in and I try to jump in right at the end that that works sometimes and it doesn't work sometimes. So I only got, uh, I only got th- three of the Padres that I really targeted, unfortunately. And the bit, but I was happy. I was like, okay, I got my Padres. I got extra games. This, this is going to help me. So I was really excited about the start of the game week and everything. And then the trade deadline comes today. And one of the biggest names that's being talked about in this huge Juan Soto trade is my guy, Eric Hosmer, who was the third Padre that mm-hmm. I added along with Mazzara and Profar. So Hosmer almost tried to derail the Soto trade by rejecting his, his no trade clause. He did not want to get traded to a last place Washington national team, which who can blame him. And he's been in the league long enough to have some seniority and earn those rights. And he said no, but then they said, okay, well, we'll trade you to the Red Sox instead of the Nationals. So he got his ass traded. Uh, to Boston, which is better than Washington, at least for the long term of me owning this card. But unfortunately, it's on the day of a doubleheader that I had like been waiting for a week for this guy yeah. to get his extra games and stuff like that. So now I'm stuck with only two Padres in my lineup of, of five hitters that I wanted to have. And it's unfortunate, but Yerkson Profar went off. Uh, he went off last night. He went off in this morning's game. He's got a doubleheader second game of the day coming up later on that I'm looking forward to turning on and watching after we finish taping this episode. So that's going to be great. I also got Nomar Mazar going. I filled out the rest of my lineup. I couldn't get the two other guys I wanted. So I put a, some San Francisco giants in, they had four games and I just, for whatever reason, I I'm finding myself in the NL West on some of these value bats. I'm looking at Wilma Flores had a nice game last night though. So uh, you just love Coors Field. You just yeah, love exactly. Coors Field. I, I want as many guys in Coors Field <laughs> as I can get. So Hosmer Zero is definitely going to hurt me. The cool thing is, I mean, it's 100 prizes for 750 positions. I'm actually hovering right on the bubble here on, on day two of the four-day game week. So we'll see. I do think I'll end up falling short because in addition to all that other grief and drama that I just talked about with Hosmer, my starting pitcher that I chose, I didn't have a, a great – it was either Clevenger – who actually I probably could have gone with now because I went with John Gray for the, my Texas Rangers and John Gray had, it was on a streak. He'd had like 25 points in like several starts in a row. He was looking really good. He had a 40 point start three uh, games ago. He got chased after one and a third innings last night by the mm. Orioles who are, who are a hot team, but I, you know, they traded away a Mancini. I, I, I didn't really put much thought into like how good the Orioles are. That was my fault. Uh, I kind of still, some of my biases go back to when I was following, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, I don't know if you know this, Miguel, but I, I talked about this earlier that I kind of fell away from baseball and I've been diving back in over the last month since so rare MLB launched. And I hadn't quite clued in that the Orioles are not like the pushover team that I always think of them as in years past. Yeah. So Johnny Gray got rocked. And so he's get, he's a, a fit, big fat zero in my starting pitcher slot. So I don't think I'll end up holding on for a reward, but we'll see. Maybe my pods can come through. Maybe Kenley Jansen can get himself a save here. And I and Wilmer Flores would be great to see him do something tonight. 
I don't know. It's, it's fun though. Like it's fun, the sweat. And like, I'm learning like how the sweat works, you know, when you're tracking this game, like part of the reason I play fantasy and gamble is just for, and part of the reason I love this format of sort of like, it's kind of a short week. It's not daily. It's not weekly. It's kind of like half weekly. And so you sort of get, you know, you get to track it over a few days and like, I can be so like Profar goes off last night and I'm in a pretty decent spot. So like all day I'm sitting here like waiting for Profar. He has a good game in the first day of the doubleheader. So now in this in-between time of the two doubleheader games, I'm just getting to experience like, oh man, I, I can take a break out of my day for 30 seconds. Like, man, I can't wait to see what Profar does tonight. And like, <laughs> that's, you know, we've had that. That's, that's similar to what you have in SO5 soccer and, and any, any other fantasy game, but like learning how the sweat hits me in the so rare baseball is like something I can't really know what it is until I go through it and I'm going through it now and I'm loving it. That's really interesting that you bring up that you were planning this whole thing out and you only ended up with two Padres. I I ended up with one Padre and I didn't plan it out at all. And it was jerks and pro far. So (laughs) I've got him as a 50 in my limited lineup right now. Um, Yeah. He's still got three games to go in the week and he's got a 50 already, which is pretty absurd um so yeah i'm glad that i put him in there we're having a nice little game week as well um so what about what about you miguel now do you do you um like sweat things out do you do you follow as the at-bats are happening do you just kind of check it at the end of the night like what's your style with this how are you kind of going about um kind of enjoying it i guess is is the right word to say Uh, i sweat all the way Uh, i have (laughs) on one screen i have four games right now watching all the guys playing because at the moment I'm rocking fourth place. So I'm watching. I also did the same thing somehow. I I have two players having five games this week. I have Randall Grichuk and Jay Cornworth who did put great numbers in the first game of the doubleheader. And they are both in the lineups for the second game today. So I'm pretty excited about that. And just watching, watching all the guys. I like Jose Miranda, Hello Jimenez, my my starting pitcher Hunter Green, like he he shoved yesterday. He went for eight strikeouts. So yeah, it's it's looking pretty good this side. And that's my rare team. I I also put a limited team just for fun. I put Graham Ashcraft, who just almost threw a complete game against the Marlins today. If you see my my focus was just attack the Marlins because. The Marlins have a triple A team almost with all, all due respect, but yeah, their lineup is not great right now. So he went for 30 points. Then I got Devin Williams who hasn't thrown Miranda again, Swanson, Cedric Mullins and Santander on the contrary. I stacked both Mar- about both uh, Orioles cause they are hot right now. And against Texas, I just thought they, they might do well. And Mullins has done great. He's uh, 40 points at the moment. And then I have a rookie I like a lot, and Luis Garcia, the shortstop for the Nationals, who just homered today, and he's at 33 points. So I'm looking at 30th in the limited and uh, fourth in the rare. So, yeah, I'm watching all the games. Yeah, you're watching all the games a lot more than I am, but you are for sure not winning any brownie points here going against the Texas Rangers. Yeah, you're, 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 you're rubbing that. in that that John Gray zero. <laughs> but hey, if it if it gets you on the podium, then I'll take it. If it gets our guest on the podium, then I got no problem. Let's hope so. Not, it's nothing against the, the Rangers and and John Gray because John Gray has been pitching really well. It's just I like Cedric Mullins and Santander has been red hot that lately. So I just thought it might be a good idea to stack them up. They crushed. 
So that's a uh, that's a really good segue here into into kind of our next topic, which is how do you set your lineup and do you uh, do you go with the pitcher in the super flex? Because I think I think I may have changed my mind on this. I came out a little earlier and said I think I'm going pitchers in my super flex. I think we're going a starter and then a reliever and then a starter again. So three three total pitchers. And now the I've I've played a couple weeks and I've kind of seen some of the scores and I've seen some of the scores that pitchers are putting up and I'm going this doesn't make any sense. Like this is at best case scenario. You're basically breaking even at, at starting pitcher in the super flex spot. And worst case scenario, your starting pitcher is going out and putting up a, uh, putting up a 10 or a 15 or something. And that's or, their only effort of the zero, entire game Chris, or, a, or a zero or a negative seven. <laughs> I don't know. I, okay. You brought it up that time. That was not me. Um, but yeah, worst case, your pitcher just goes out and lays an egg and you're, you're kind of in, in bad shape there. So I, I guess we kind of want to kind of run a revisit this. What, what is your opinion on this subject here? What do you, what are you starting in your super flex here from week to week here, Miguel? From what I've felt lately or seeing all the lineups of everyone just going through the leaderboard, a lot of people using the starting pitcher in the flex, but I just think the, the starting pitcher has a capped like he can't go over 40. So right. I prefer going for a, a, a guy that has four or five game. Well, four, because five just needs a double header, but four games in a given game week and just looking for the right matchups. Just see yeah. how Randall Gritchick, who's not the best hitter in the game, already has 22 points this game week. He has three re- remaining games. He just needs to, needs to do something to get over the cap of a starting pitcher. So I'm more inclined to putting hitters over there because as you said uh, yeah you may have the best starting pitcher in the game but sometimes best starting pitcher in the game just gets gets rocked like John Gray happened uh, yesterday for example uh, or maybe Gary Cole gets rocked by whoever they face so I'd rather uh, play my chances on a hitter the right hitter you know you gotta you gotta really uh, get deep on the the stats for example I'm gonna put an example right here Jose Abreu I bought his limited card for my rare team because I know he kills Kansas City and he's got next week. He got he has oh this weekend. I think he's got Detroit, too. So I'm going to put him in both lineups because he, he kills Kansas City and Detroit. So that's an example of a flex guy. You might have thought is you you project you, you say, OK, this guy kills this teams in this ballpark. So I'm going to go with him for this flex position instead of going for I don't know. Uh, whatever starting pitcher you might have. Is there some thought to, well, a starting pitcher is going to have a higher floor. So I'm going to take some big upside bats in my normal lineup. And then I'm going to go for like a starting pitcher in the super flex spot, just so that I'm not, you know, getting a zero at that spot. And, you know, guy has, you know, a bad series and he can easily put up five, 10 points. Um, Is there some consideration to, well, hitters have, a lot less of a floor than the pitchers do. Do you, do you think that's valid or do you think you should still go hitter Dan? I think it's valid. I think if there was an ETH threshold prize, it would be a lot more valid. Uh, and I think that yes, you're taking a risk by putting the hitter in, but I'll tell you right now, I'm going to put a hitter in the flex every time. I'm, I'm just going to put a hitter in the flex every time because as Miguel made the excellent point, starting pitcher scoring is capped. The most yeah. you can really get is is forty points, and you know unless you strike out twenty seven dudes. So I think uh, it's risky, but you got to risk it for the biscuit because the only thing that really matters is high finishes as, as close to the podium as possible in this game. 
the only way uh, you're going to make money, really, not that, and SoRare has been leaning hard, hard, hard lately into the, hey, we're not here to make money. We're just a fun uh, fantasy game. They've been pushing that messaging a lot more lately than they were a couple of years ago. But regardless, with no ETH thresholds, with the, the only way to make money is winning elite card prizes. I think you just got to shoot for the top. And if you fail and if your hitter goes over, just the way it goes. But yes, I agree that a pitcher is going to have a higher uh, a higher floor than a hitter in the flex, but it floor means almost nothing to me unless unless we start doing head-to-head competitions or something like that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I am super glad that I put Jerickson Profar in my uh, spot there as opposed right. to uh, one of my starters. That I mean, he is the guy literally in my super flex right now, and he's you're, got a 50 a with three man. games to go. So, yeah, you're, um, you know, you, what, you, what I like, I'm more there, of a lucky bit, I think. Well, no, but you, you mentioned <laughs> it. You, you looked at how the common competitions went, and you actually like got something out of that. I was kind of like not thrilled with So Rare for, you know, t- sticking us in common competitions for, three weeks before we could actually play for real, but you did learn something by that because I, I'm sure you probably put a pitcher in your flex, you know, uh, for one of oh, the first yeah. couple of game weeks. And then you start looking around the scores, like Miguel said, looking at the lineups near the top and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's actually, you want to shoot for the upside. So you learned and you weren't afraid to go against what you said and stick my guy profile in there. Now you've been rewarded. Congratulations. Speaking of not being thrilled with so rare, um, there's some bones that we need to pick here a little bit because, I mean, as, as much as we love this game and as much as we love So Rare, there are some absolute issues right now with the site that arguably should have been done when the site was rolled out. But even if they weren't done when the site was rolled out, what has it been, a month now since since we started? Like I'll be almost generous a month? And say three weeks. Oh, three know, weeks? Feels yeah, like a month. So it, it feels like it's been about three years. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been three three good solid weeks here. And we can't make offers on players below the list price yet. We can't mm-hmm. go and look at other managers' clubs on so rare. Um, we can't without like going and finding one of their players somehow, which we can't also do. We can't mm-hmm. search them. Um, we can't. Uh, we can't. There's no, yeah, there's no player pages that show you all. There's the no player pages for a player who you can't. You can't. Tr- you can't make lower offers than a posted price, and you can't make card trades and like. You know, I don't really like to trade card for card in soccer at all. I, that's just not something I almost ever do. But like baseball trading cards are like trading is built into ba- collecting baseball cards. It's just like way more part of the fabric. So I, I want to see people making like crazy trades, especially with 5,000 limiteds out there. There should be all kinds of like swaps and trades and deals you should be able to do. That's unfortunate, you know, as people are trying to collect here and you can't track you can't track like what auctions went for you know you can't yeah. you can't see like without solar data without solar data exactly so rare data has filled in a lot of these gaps but still right but you should get our so, point. like should so rare be leaning on them so hard i i, I don't know I, I would challenge so rare i would be embarrassed if i worked for so rare and and to see so rare data out there just absolutely kicking my ass constantly with uh website development every single day that would that would blow my I would be blowing my stack if I worked internally. I'm not a computer right. programmer and, and I don't know everything that's going on internally, but I do like to complain. So, you know, I'll just come out here and say that it's, it's quite frankly unacceptable for me three weeks in to like have no player pages, no ability to trade, no ability to track auctions. There's no, there's no uh, note. If you're in a live auction and let's say you uh, get outbid, you don't get like the upper, the little red notification up at the top of the, the right. screen that, to show you that you would get in soccer. So it's just like, it's really, really, really uh, disappointing to me because I just expect more. 
And I even said, I think I said on Twitter, like, I'm not buying any more cards until, cards until they fix this bullshit. But uh, <laughs> I might have to renege on that just because uh, I might need some more cards here. And I don't expect <laughs> them to fix it this week. But uh, it's just, it's disappointing. And the, 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 the whole thing it comes down to is you can make these kind of like glitches and have these, you know, missing features and stuff like that. But you got to communicate. And I don't like the way that so rare sort of like tries to publicly facing put out this all all is sunny everything's fine oh look at our launch oh you know how great are these cards and how awesome is this game and, and like, without acknowledging the stuff that that you know that, that we is obviously missing and that the 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 vast majority i would say the the big percentage of people who have jumped into solar mlb so far are mostly people who came over from soccer they're baseball fans who who loved the soccer product also and so th- it, these these users are expecting that kind of stuff i think it's a very small number of people who have never played so rare soccer and all of a sudden just signed up for solar mlb i'm sure those people exist but i bet it's a small percentage of the user base so the you could say oh, well, if it was the opposite of what I just described, you could say, oh, well, those people didn't know what they're missing. They don't know any of these features, right. so it's not that big a deal. But I think most of the people know what they're missing, and I think it's pretty lame. Uh, again, a rant over, I guess. There's not much more to say. Nothing I can, all this hot air I can throw out, there's not going to change anything. They're going to do things on their own time. But, I mean, just be honest. Just just don't don't uh, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining so rare. So we've we've talked a lot about how SoRare is a company that moves very slowly and eventually they get to the right place. And eventually I'm sure all of these issues will be fixed. But this is stuff that, you know, we've had these issues in the past where we don't get any of this communication. There's features missing for years at a time. I think the legends, it took like six months, nine months, something like that in soccer to even just get any utility out of them when they had already released them. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's something where we just need to shine a light on it and say like, look, this is not good enough because you are already doing it on the soccer side. Clearly there has to be some, you know, coding or something that's already in place. It's not like this is new stuff. A few lines of code from France. Like (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't seem that hard, uh, to fix some of this stuff. Um, that being said, we are, I'm sure that uh, SoRare is going to be working on things and we'll probably get things out. Um, now, Miguel, as as someone, you've you've played SoRare soccer in the past, um, so you kind of know a little bit about this, but is this something that is uh, is kind of hurting the experience for you at all, or is this something that you're just kind of not not dealing with and, and just playing the game as it is? Yeah, it's something like bothers, certainly. I, I, I think they are going to get it fixed soon because I don't think it's a big it's a hard thing to do just it, it bothers me have to have to go like copy the name of the manager go to sorry football type in the dead sorry that that manager's name find his discord to make an offer for him to put that player up for sale for me to buy it that yeah that's just way too much i would like mm-hmm. to go into players pages rank I want to see how many rares are available on the on the secondary market. See who's the lowest price compared to server data's uh, uh, price lists. Uh, see the graphs, all that stuff we do in football. I want to be able to do it here too. So, yeah, it, it definitely bothers, but I, I I'm not stressing about it. You know, I'm finding ways just to figure it out, taking yeah. using things that the game gives gives me to to my advantage. And yeah, I I just hope they they fix it soon because. Actually, today I was talking about that with a couple of friends. So 
yeah, that's that's my take on that. I, yeah, I like your attitude, Miguel. I think I think your positivity. I'll, I'll try to take that as a uh, shining example for me to aspire to. I like you know. In general, in I'll say this, in life, I am a pretty laid back guy. I try not to let things get to me. And sometimes I get animated about some things just because they seem so obvious to me, I guess. But I the uh, the thing that it's not just a cosmetic thing, though, is, the, is why I harp on it is because you mentioned the secondary market. Oh, I wish I could go check, you know, how many are available on the secondary market. The thing is, like, there is no secondary market because yeah. we can't make offers like you can't price discover. You can't, you can't, you can't, there's a, there's people who come in and buy a card for 0.15 and then post it for two ETH, you know, and yeah, it's like, yeah, you, yeah, can't, you can't, you can't make them the offer that shows them that their two ETH is request is way out of line. And so we can't really like bring the cards to their real prices yet. So that it does have yeah. real effects on the game in my opinion. And at yeah, this point, my bad. well, yeah, sorry, ahead. you're good. At this point, there's enough limited cards to where there actually is a floor. There's enough rare cards to where there actually is like a decent, like we kind of know what these cards should kind of be at this point. So there's no reason why we can't offer something like at the very beginning, I can kind of see it because you don't want like someone coming in and offering two ETH for something that's worth 0.01. But we kind of know what these cards should be, at least at the limited and rare divisions. Um, So there's, I mean, there's no technical reason for it. It just isn't there yet. Sorry. Go ahead, Miguel. Yeah, no, I was going to say that, yeah, I think that's the most important part. Like, it affects the the market. It affects the economy of the game. It affects player prices. So I think that's why they have to attack this and, and solve it the fast, uh, as fast as they can. So here's here's the last little thing that Sower has done that has really grind my gears, and then we'll be more positive after this, I swear. Um, it's the common cards in the limited. And you combine that with the fact that there's a glitch to where when you sign up, you can just refresh as many times as you want and you can get whatever player you want. So you can start off with a judge or an Otani if you know to refresh it or if you're smart enough to figure that out. I'm clearly not because I ended up with Juan Soto, who, who I hate. <laughs> that that um, news got out pretty quick, though. I didn't do that because I was I, I was so excited, like a kid on Christmas, to get my car, cards going. And I saw Dansby Swanson. I was like, Dansby, go. But right. like. It wasn't, it was like 10 minutes after that, that I saw people tweeting about, oh, just refresh and you'll get judged. Just refresh until you get but, judged. And I was like, but, so, but my point here is this is a huge competitive advantage to someone yeah. who's in the community and who yeah. waited to do that and all that. I was like you, I just went and did it. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes later, I saw it. But think about someone who's brand new off the street, doesn't know anybody in the community and just signs up. They're not going to know to hit refresh. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at a huge disadvantage, even mm-hmm. if they go and buy a limited team. They're at a huge disadvantage, and it doesn't help that Aaron Judge has had 75 home runs in the last week, and he's just single-handedly won every competition that there is. Um, But you get my point. Like, there can't be that glitch if you're going to allow commons into limited. And I love – from the from the outside, like in in and of itself, I love allowing commons and limited and limited and rare and rare and super rare um, at the beginning because it helps you to build your lineup, and it helps people to kind of play up a little bit, and you might – buy a few more cards that you, you know, maybe couldn't put, put together a full rare team, but you can put together half a rare team now and half a rare team in a month when it, when it, you know, closes and you can only use rare. Um, so in and of itself, I, I don't mind that idea, but then you go and have this glitch that gives pe- some people a competitive advantage over others. Mm-hmm. And that really, and, that, that got to be. And the people who least need, least need the competitive advantage right. because they understand so rare so much better than anyone new coming in. Right. It, it exactly. gets to me. 
I honestly think they, sh- I, I agree with the, like, in principle, I like the idea that they're trying to bring all, bring along, you know, b- more budget type players. They don't want to like, they, the, one of the biggest issues for so rare football was the, the high barrier of entry of cost yeah. of cards. And I know they, they want to work hard to, to keep that from being an issue in MLB. And they've done that with these, you know, progressive entry requirements to get lineups in, into, uh, divisions and things like that but i a number one they should have by now already communicated when that will end so far it's just open-ended it's just like well the, over, the limited will end the limited ends in a couple of weeks they're going to start phasing it out they just announced right, that but today. The, do you know the exact date yeah it's okay. uh it, they just that. announced okay. it's the next next three fridays they're going to start okay good yeah i mean that's good it. that's good i'm glad they did that communicate yeah. goes back to communication but that was that today that referenced earlier yeah exactly it should have been spelled out and i need to i want to know what the deadline for getting limited out of rare is because i you know i have my beautiful pure red card lineup of all rares in my rare division i don't want to see any limiteds in positions above me on the leaderboard and again we don't know exactly the, the timelines need to be a little more spelled out i think to help advanced players and engaged players feel like there's some reward for their engagement like i said i'm i'm all fine with bringing in people at the lowest level of entry cost-wise as possible i think that helps grow the game but i also think that especially in this first half season as i referenced earlier the real meat of the whole user base is going to be people who already know so and came over from the football side just the way it is it's not like the, it's not like the people who are just mlb so only are going to become a vast majority of the user base in the next month and a half or so it's just not going to happen i promise yeah so, although I did see a lot of ads on MLB tonight, which I loved to see to throw some positivity, so rare's way. But so I think the the flip side of and maybe it's just I'm feeling this because I bought all rares and didn't get limited. But the flip side of like trying to protect the the smaller buy-ins is that you you piss off the people who are most engaged and are investing. And I I can think of our guy Bob Flynn, you know Orange Fly, who spent a lot of money uh, so far on some very nice super rare cards and he wasn't, and he knew those, those prices were going to go down and he knew he could get number three or number four for cheaper if he waited, but he was so excited and he jumped in. He wanted his number one of 100 super rares. He got a bunch of them. I see the same in your gallery, Miguel. I looked at your gallery. I'm very impressed with the super rares you've got. I see a lot of them are number ones and guys like you and guys like Bob and, uh, and anyone who's buying into that division, like, they aren't afraid to 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 put some money behind their zest for this game, and it's going to be really rough when you know you see people that have. It's okay if someone spends a little bit less than you and beats you. That's fine, but if they spend significantly less than you, or in the case of the Judge Common, zero dollars, and they're beating you, it stings a little bit. And like, yes, in a month and a half or next year, we're, we won't remember It'll any of this, and, and it'll be like yeah. a. We'll be like, oh, yeah, remember when it started? That sucked about the divisions. Oh, well, you know, whatever. But there's that is true. But you also never get a chance, second chance to make a first impression. And you don't want to leave a bad taste in people's mouth. And I don't think I will ever forget the fact that SoRare was a little wonky with uh, the launch of baseball in terms of divisions, in terms of punishing people who spent more to get in. And uh, I really think they should have. Once the glitch was uh, for refreshing to get a judge common – or an Otani common if you want it, which he hasn't been as significant a factor in the game. Judge, like you said, Judge got hot right when the game launched. So he's like nuclear on the field right yeah. at the same time as all these people are coming into the game. But like once that was discovered, they maybe should have reevaluated and sped up the timeline for getting commons out of limited. And for the second time tonight, I will say rant over off my soapbox. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So a little bit of, little bit of things to work on here for Sower and little things that we just want to start to, uh, to bring to light and say that we're not too happy about, but, uh, obviously we're going to continue to, to play the game and continue to try to support the community in any way that we can and try to try to make this as best a game as, as we possibly can for, for everybody involved. And I oh, will I'm give some anywhere. I'm just I, playing, like I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I will give some credit to server as well, because I, I love the fact that in the common league, there's a thousand limited prizes. That's great. As opposed to what it used to be in soccer, three prizes for the limited mm-hmm. common league. The free-to-play version of this game is much better than in soccer. So kudos to oh, them yeah. for that and getting people into that. Um, but yeah, just just some some things to uh, to note here. Um, now I want to um, I want to kind of get to one of your topics here, Miguel, because you wanted to go over some of the more undervalued players. And I know we did this a little bit last week, so we can kind of jump in here and there with maybe a, a couple new names that have come to mind. But I want to get your kind of take on things because you're big into prospects you're big into guys that are maybe not performing right now that you think will be performing in the future um and you obviously have a very good understanding of the game and the players in the game so um, i kind of want to get some of your maybe more undervalued guys and we'll we'll add these to the list that we made last week as well um we'll link it again in the show notes for everybody so if you want to uh, go ahead and click that and and see all of our players from last week as well as as Miguel's this week. But just give us uh, maybe a couple of guys in each position or how many ever you have that you think are are really undervalued right now and could perform pretty well. All right, um, I'll go. I'll start off with the starting pitchers. What I'm trying to say when I I talk about undervalued pitchers, those guys maybe are not right right now and they may be struggling, but you just got to see further into the profile of the pitcher and see if the stuff will play or, or you project it to play. For example, uh, Lucas Giolito, he's not putting up the numbers right now, but you know, the stuff is there. You know, his change is elite. He's in the white Sox. He's going to win games. He's undervalued right now, in my opinion. So th- that's one, one guy I would be targeting. Nick Lodolo is a prospect of the Cincinnati Reds, who is not a flashy name. Maybe not a lot of people know him. He's going He's going to go undervalued most of the times. He's only 24 years old. He's going to have the opportunity. So those are the pitches you, you got to target. His teammate, uh, Graham Ashcraft, who just threw eight and a third to the Marlins. He's another guy, high ceiling guy, who's when, he, when they get it together, he, they're going to be, I'm not trying to put names on people, but they're going to be the next Shane McClanahan. And you got to take into account with pitchers, for example, injuries are not short. Like when a, when a pitcher gets injured, it's a month minimum. Like if it's an arm-related injury, he's a month out. So earlier we talked on Ian Anderson. He's a guy I like a lot. He got four-plus pitches. He's changing his elite. He's very good. His command is also very good. He's 24 years old. Give this guy a chance. When these guys get the World together, Series. Yeah. When these guys get together, you won't have the window to buy them. So you might as well try and get them now when they're cheap and just stick with them and, and play the matchups when the matchups are all right. I'll move up to the relief pitchers because maybe there's a couple of names there, too, that I like that are maybe undervalued. I think Joan Durang is not undervalued anymore because people are catching out to his stuff. But he's a guy I like a lot. He'll move to a closing uh, role in the future. Camilo Doval from the Giants is a guy I like a lot. He's one of the most uh, different relievers in the game, the low arm slot, 100 plus mile per hour fastball. He's got a 
nasty slider. Um, Gregory Soto, also a, a guy I like. You don't you don't need to go for the the Edwin Diaz or the I don't know Kenley Jansen every time. You can find guys that add value and are cheaper for you to for you guys to like be able to compete with those up uh, expensive expensive cards. Uh, I'll move to the hitters. I'll start with the outfielders. These are a couple of names I like. I like a lot. Elo Jimenez. He's injury prone, yes, but when he's healthy, this guy can hit. He hit the long ball. He'll hit for average too. He's in a great lineup. He'll be in the middle of it. So there's a guy I like. A guy that's very cheap and is really good. And I thought might have moved in the trade deadline is Ramon Laureano from the A's. Guy will put up numbers. He'll put 15-15 this year. That's value for the right price. You you can get that guy for cheap. Uh, Randy Arozarena from the Rays. Playing really bad right now, not hitting well, but that guy has a lot of ceiling. He'll go under value too. Um, let me see. Teoscar Hernandez, he's not cheap, but when you compare his numbers to the big guys, to the big guns, you'll see a difference there. And he'll be able to put numbers at like the top guys. And some young guys, some prospects, some prospect I like are Akil Badu from the Tigers. I like also Jesus Sanchez from Marlins. Andrew Vaughn from the White Sox again. He's he's not cheap like a prospect, but he's very good in 24. Um, that'll be all for the outfielders. Let me move on to the infielders and corner infielders. If you give me a second here, so names I like. I like Gavin Lux from the Dodgers. Maybe because he's a Dodger, he's more expensive. But uh, I think that's a guy that at 24 is doing really great. Nico Horner, you mentioned it earlier, Chris. Uh, we talked about Whit Merrifield. He's 33, yeah, but different scenario now for him. So he's going to put numbers, way better numbers with Toronto. Um, a guy that that his name is not the best and he's not the flashiest player, but he puts up numbers every single day is Jake Cronenworth. He's able to put up numbers by walking, by scoring, by hitting, by average, by every single way of the scoring matrix. So that's a guy I like a lot. And I, I have it in my team. And his help, stock, I'll, his stock just went way up too with Soto coming in and oh yeah, those other right. guys. He'll move down in the order, but I think that'll be bring more RBI opportunities for him. Right. So yeah, that's a guy I like too. Willie Adamas from the Brewers. I think he's a guy that's not when you compare him to, for example, let's say Bobby Witt. Yeah, they have four years difference, but they're putting Willie's putting better numbers than Witt, and his price is. The discrepancy in price is astronomical. So those are the guys you got to target just because they're way cheaper than the competition, but they're putting the same same numbers. And I'll throw in a couple of prospects uh, right away. Nolan Gorman from the Cardinals, Isaac Paradis from the Rays, Luis Garcia, Jose Miranda, Alec Baum, who's hitting really well right now, Alex Kirilov from the Twins, O'Neill Cruz, Brandon Lau. He's not a prospect, but he's a guy that's, been injured the whole years, and he's very good. He's a great hitter. Those are some of the guys I have in my watch list, for example, that you might, you guys might find some value in them for the lower lower prices. That's an awesome list. That, that you just blew my mind. I, 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 for the listeners, I tried my best. I missed a couple, but I added just about everybody you named there to our Solar in the States pod MLB watch list. Nice. It's something that uh, is going to be in the show notes. And we don't have a ton of people following this list right now, so I'm going to put it on y'all. Let's uh, 
let's uh, let's get some followers to this list because it just got a huge beef up of some great value plays. Thank you so much, Miguel. You're welcome. I'm happy to help. And uh, if you if you need me to to revisit some of the names later, you can tell me and I'll help you out. Yeah, we're gonna keep this. This list will be maintained throughout the year. My goal is everybody <laughs> that we mention. Not not every single name that gets mentioned in the show, but everyone that we mentioned as a player to watch or whatever will be added to this watch list. So going back to the first episode that we did last week when we created it and now tonight, and it'll just continue to grow. Great. So we'll have that in the show notes for everybody. We'll have a link to it. It's not going to be like public. It's not going to be just for anybody to be able to see. You're going to have to have a link to it. So you'll have to come through us. That's how we're going to kind of hold our cards a little bit. So we know that. Uh, you guys are, are coming and, and listening to the show. Um, and if you are listening to the show and you do appreciate all the all the content and everything, the biggest thing that you can do for us is review, rate, all that fun stuff. Make sure you share it. Um, that really helps all the all the fun algorithms um, show it to new people so that we can get some uh, get some new listeners in here as well and try to try to grow the show and make things as as fun as we possibly can for you. Um, so yeah, great list. I was trying to write down as many of the names as I could as well as we were going through. And a few of them I actually have on my team already. So I, I love that. Now I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit because I think we might be slightly undervaluing a superstar. Uh, is Ronald Acuna Jr. undervalued? His, his, his latest praises are 0.0408 for a limited and 0.286 for a rare. Is that undervalued? You're asking me, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, well, I don't think it's undervalued based on his scores right now. I think it's undervalued when you compare his number, his price to Soto, to Jordan Alvarez, to those guys that are putting up the numbers and taking into account that Soto is not putting the numbers he's used to. But, yeah, Acuna is, is top 10 in the league. And the scoring matrix... Uh, scoring matrix is not the perfect fit for him because he strikes a lot uh, strikeouts a lot but uh, this guy is gonna put i don't know like 30 30 minimum home runs per year when he's healthy take right. into account he came from an injury this year so he might right. not be he, exactly. he might not be in a perfect uh, situation but this guy is gonna get singles into doubles that's that's points he's gonna get hit a lot of home runs he's a stolen bay threat lead off hitter for the Braves so a lot of runs in for him so I think, yeah, yeah, I, I would take a Ronald Acuna as an undervalued guy that I would be targeting for sure. I think for sure he's undervalued. Even his numbers yeah. this year aren't great. 260, eight home runs, 24 RBI. You mentioned he had an injury at the beginning of the year. Even since he's been back from his injury, he hasn't been the same Ronald Acuna. But my goodness, when he's healthy, he could go 40 and 40. Like he could legitimately join the 40-40 club. He's got 22 steals this year. The speed's not a problem. Uh, you mentioned he strikes out. He he doesn't have it's not a huge rate for strikeouts. He does strike out some, but it's not huge. Um, so yeah, just not having a, a great year, but he's still averaging 8.1 per game, even in the games he's been playing. Did you have any thoughts on Acuna there, Dan? I like Acuna. I, I think he, I, he's good. He's I'm not totally I don't have him on I haven't had him on my radar because he probably is undervalued, like you said, Miguel, against some of the other more expensive bats, but I'm not quite spending at that level on my bats just yet until I finally bash my head against the wall enough times and get it proven to me that I can't uh, necessarily compete with the cheaper guys without getting, which happened to me in soccer uh, eventually too, but we'll see. What about my Rangers? Give me an undervalued Ranger bat. What about uh, Adolis Garcia, Leody Tavares, anybody like that jump out at you, Miguel? Yeah. Yeah. I think Adolis is, I haven't seen his prize actually, but I know that guy is going to put it, be putting up numbers. I do think you got to, 
with those type of guys, you, you, you just are better playing off the, the matchups because uh, when you got probably, I don't know the numbers, but probably when Adolis faces great starting pitchers, he's probably going to cough a little bit more than when he's facing mediocre pitchers. A guy I like a lot from Texas is uh, from the Rangers is uh, Corey Seager. I think mm -hmm. when you put that guy oh, next yeah. to, I'd say, Trey Turner, he's the discrepancy in price is astronomical. But then when you see the scoring, you see Corey Seager is more of a stable, like stable guy. He he's gonna put numbers like Cronenworth earlier uh, consistently. Then he hits the home runs. I think he's at 24, 25 this year. So Texas is really coming through. A, it's coming well for him. He's enjoying his time there. And next to Marcus Simeon and some and Nathan Nathaniel Lowe, who's putting up a big year this year, I think that's a pretty low target you can you can have. And Leodi also, I think his first year, full season in the starting mm -hmm. lineup, and he's not been in the lineup the entire season. I think he, he came in like two months ago and he's putting yep. up numbers really quickly. So that's a guy to follow up too. Yeah, he, he just named your whole starting lineup as great, even though you bashed <laughs> in the Rangers before. Uh, maybe just the Ranger pitching is is bad. Um, do we, uh, That's a tale as old as time, my friend, sadly. <laughs> I, I, those uh, four I guys, those five guys I like quite a bit. Yeah, I think the, the Rangers have a good group going on. I think they need to improve their starting pitchers. I think they need a, a couple of bullpen arms, but... I'd say that the Rangers with two more pieces, they're a pretty scary team to face. I think they'll they'll be in playoff contention next year. What is uh what is Cliff Lee doing nowadays? Can we get him back? Probably. <laughs> uh, we probably don't want to know what Cliff Lee's doing these days. If, uh, <laughs> the careers of um, retired major league pitchers have told us anything lately, but uh, <laughs> hopefully he's doing great. He is a, he is a Ranger legend for sure. He I, I'll I'll always it's maybe. Uh, Good way to wrap it up since we're, it's a trade deadline day is just just remembering I'll, back in uh, about 10, 10, 12 years ago, the day that we traded for Cliff Lee was a huge day in Ranger history. That's when we decided to go all in with the, the Josh Hamilton, Michael Young teams and Nelly Cruz and uh, miss those teams. We've we've talked about my fondest trade deadline memory was actually a trade with the Rangers. We picked up uh, Mark Teixeira and gave you oh. a whole bunch of prospects for Ex. Mark Teixeira. And he yeah. he stayed there for six months and then went to the Yankees. But I loved every minute that he was there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was that was definitely my fondest trade memory. Any any good memories? Uh, I know you're a Cubs fan. We haven't brought that up. But any good uh, any good memories of, of maybe the Cubs making a trade on the deadline there, Miguel? Uh, different from you guys. I think the I enjoyed quite a bit last year's deadline because I think that was the right decision to to give those guys away and, and bring in great quality prospects. So I think those guys are going to come through next year or maybe two years uh, time and and give Jed the 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 right call in that decision to just not compete. Our team is not in the best shape right now, and and we don't have control over these guys for the next years to come. So let's move on and just like get ready for for what the future holds for the Cubs. And before we close up, I wanna I wanna touch back on Acuna. I I I got interested and. In, Checked his uh, baseball savant page, and all I see is red. <laughs> all I see is red. So average exit velo, expected woba, barrel percentage, max exit velo, ninety-eight percentile, hard hit rate, ninety-three percentile, expected slug in eighty-eight percentile, walk, which is a curious thing to to see in his profile, is seventy-one percentile, and then the only two blue things you see are the whiff rate and the strikeout percentage. But that's a part of his game, so. He's a free swinger. He's a guy that's going to 
100% every string, and that'll that'll play off for the average exit velo and expected batting average, uh, all those things. So I think that's a pretty pretty good looking profile for a 24, 24 year old who's having sort of a down year. Just don't, just don't be bidding against me when I go for him on auction again. Cause I've got, <laughs> no I've got one in there, but I'm, I'm definitely going for some more here. I'll leave you the first one and then I'll come through. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So that was a, uh, I think that was a, a good way to wrap up the show there on a, on a nice little note. You were, by the way, I was in Chicago last year on the deadline when that happened and there was a lot of crying in the streets. Yeah, uh, there was some there were some not happy fans, including our good friend Alex. So um, you you have an interesting take on that one that you think it was actually the the right move. So that's uh, that's really interesting. I appreciate that that insight. I'll, I'll ask you a question real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you think if the cops kept the guys last year and went went full on for for the the postseason and trying to win it all, do you think they would be capable facing Dodgers facing Houston? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Which team won the World Series last year? Let's let's give yeah, some respect words due here. <laughs> who's, who's okay, hold on a second. Um, but to answer your question, no, I, I it's tough because you looked at that team when they won the World Series, and you said, yeah. "Oh my God, Chris Bryant's like twenty four, Anthony Rizzo's like twenty six. Like these guys are so young; they're going to be in Chicago forever, and Chicago is just going to be a dynasty." And then a couple years later, they're dealing all of them away. And it's like, it just, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But when you're really in that moment, I think you're, I think you have the right perspective. It's just difficult. To, how did we get from here to here um, on, on the trade deadline? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're right. But uh, yeah, I just want some respect on my team's name here. No, yeah, for sure. Giving credit to the, to the Braves, I think it's one of the teams that like manages their prospect the best. Like, I, I'm surprised. How many years of control you're gonna have of, of the young core of guys you have? Like you, you're gonna be with Acuna, with Raleigh, with all of them until 2026, 2027. And oh, that it's longer guys than that. It's longer hit. than that. We had Albies and Acuna and all of them signed to like ten year deals. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's and Riley just deals. signed a ten year deal this like mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah, I know that's ten years for two twenty. I think so. That's like a that. big old discount. And Riley's it. gonna be. <laughs> he's a monster yeah he's, he's a, a monster, monster dude yeah yeah uh well that is a good place to wrap things up for this week we will be back next week with some more make sure that you uh like and subscribe to everything um and give us a nice little rating there the uh list for everything the watch list will be in the show notes thank you guys so much for your time we appreciate it. we'll see you next week